This is episode 96 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we will be talking about ethical evangelism with Justin James. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers, I am so glad that you are here because today Justin James is going to be sharing some insight into how we can be witnesses to God in our daily lives and around the world um, with also showing respect to the communities that we are in. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find information about our ultimate travel kit, booking your future travels, and of course, other faith-based podcasts relating to travel. But without further ado... Justin James became passionate about discipleship when he was a teenager in high school. The more he grew in Christ, the more he understood his calling and was able to refine his passion through education and mentorship. He is a Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies and currently working on his Master's of Divinity. Hey, Justin, how's it going? It's going wonderful. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Yes, we're so excited to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I've been married for 17 years. Uh, I have a son who is, uh, as I put on my website, he's the apple of my eye. Uh, he's so much fun. Um, and mainly you said we're, I'm just a, I'm just a grad student right now trying to finish up, uh, this very long masters of divinity. Uh, seems like it's taken forever, but I'm getting closer and closer, uh, almost there. Um, but, uh, like you said, my passion, I have a really deep passion for helping and educating and, and training. Uh, young leaders of faith, and of course, I do that by um, through that through my own podcast uh, as well. And so it's 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 been a great journey and something just enjoyed to do. Um, and man, I, I'm just an open book, so just go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess we'll dive right in. Um. Ethical evangelism is not a word that I typically hear. How do you define that? Well, of course, ethics, as we know, uh, is a philosophy term where we talk about right and wrong. And of course, evangelism is a word that we get. Of course, it's one of the things that Christians are supposed to do. We're supposed to share the faith. Um, And so the way that I study and the way that I look at what's going on in in the spectrum, and I'm not saying even now, we're even talking back then, I'm talking hundreds, hundreds of years ago, is when we looked at the methods, there's actually two sides of this. One is the methods of evangelism. Uh, is our methods ethical? And then the other side is, is that are we living a pious or a piety or pious life for the Lord so people can see that Christ is our center? He is our King. He is our Lord. So those are the two ways that I kind of break down ethical evangelism. And of course, we already know uh we've already seen some really bad things. I mean, even in, in history, uh, I mean, you had evangelism by the sword, you had some of the areas of, um, we can type in some areas of the crusades in this. Um, we can go into even the reformation, uh, and how there is a lot of, uh, bloodshed over disagreement of what we should believe and what we shouldn't believe. So these are some of the areas of, I look into ethic evangelism. You just listed some really interesting examples of some missionaries who didn't evangelize in ways um, 
that showed Christ's compassion or his love. I think that tends to be a stereotype of really just Christianity in general, that we kind of tend to be pushy and in your face. What do you think? Uh, well, I think that it just, it comes from bad teaching and I'm not saying that we need, we need to teach people how to evangelize. We need to teach people how to, to properly engage in conversation for Christ. Um, but like you said, being pushy, I have a, one of the old evangelism book here by Dr. D Kennedy, who called evangelism explosion. If you remember this, the, this, the, how he started it is uh, they would go out in teams during the, the 1960s, 1970s, uh, and they would go out in teams and they would, you know, uh, talk to people and they would go in their homes and it would be like a home meeting that they would do. And in that, they would start a conversation and through the training, they would go through an outline in how to be able to present the gospel. And of course, through that outline, it lays out pretty much the gospel. Well, we don't do that anymore. That especially in today's climate, we're not allowed. I mean, going and knocking on doors um, is is terrifying to people. I mean, we we don't do that anymore. We're not we're not socially uh, in that type of mode anymore. And this is before even the pandemic happened. Uh, you talk to pastors like, well, you know, people just don't want to. You know, people don't want to be disturbed. You know, people are you know dinner time, uh, and so we have to change our methods a little bit. And so there's some people out there that are very passionate about, hey, I want to go knock on doors and done it. And I've done it. Uh, I've, I've led revivals uh, in parts of parts of the United States. And when, when we're getting ready for the revival or during the day, we would go out and talk to people and invite them to come to the revival. Uh, I've led many people to Christ there at their, their doorstep. Um, but you, the idea of being pushy is I think that if we're – how do we overcome that? Or first of all, what is pushy looking like? Like that's probably going to be the, the, the main thing. Uh, but then again, where if you tell a whole bunch of young Christians, baby Christians, hey, let's go knock on doors. Uh, you're going to get the fears of evangelism. And of course, that's something I've already addressed, uh, I think a little bit on my podcast before, uh, where we get in the fears of evangelism, where we don't want to share the gospel at all. However, our lifestyle needs to line up with scripture as well, too. How are we living? How are you treating your wife and kids? How are you treating your spouse? How are you, how, what is people seeing when they're looking at you? And, you know, are they seeing Christ or are they seeing something else? And so those are the two, like I said, those are the two kind of the factors of what I call uh, ethic evangelism. What would you say then is a better way to evangelize and what are some things that you would suggest? Well, for one, uh, evangelism requires us to ha open, have conversations. So we have to have those conversations. Um, and so I think the best way for us to do it is to learn to, uh, first of all, understand what the gospel is. That's the big, that's the big thing is right now, uh, even in the climate that we're in today, we're looking at the way that we're looking at the gospel in a political spectrum. Uh, we're not looking at in a, or we're looking at the gospel in a pure spiritual spectrum. Mm. It needs to be a little bit of both, actually. And what I mean by that is um, Jesus is our king. If he's our king, then that is a political statement. That is a political um, affirmation is saying Jesus is our king. He is our the person that governs our life. 
he is a person who we need to bring allegiance to and we need to follow. That would be a political statement. If we say in a spiritual statement and say, okay, Jesus is not just our king, he's also our savior. He saved us from our sins so that we will be cleansed and that we will be forgiven and so that we can be able to enter into eternity with a relationship with God. And so I think the first thing in in general in any evangelism training is we have to figure out what the gospel is and we have to understand what it is not. Um, And of course, I think we've seen a lot of examples of what it's not. Um, And they are very scary. And I hear preachers that have, it's apparently all this education and I've, 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 you know, they'll get up on the pulpit and they'll preach and they're preaching, not the gospel. They're preaching other things that are not pointing to any of those spectrums. They're pointing to self. Uh, they're pointing to uh, how do we live, a, you know, how do we live the best life that we can be? You know, that is not necessarily the gospel. So those are aspects of the gospel because if Jesus is our king and we're following him or we're following our rules, guess what? We're going to live a great life. We're going to have a peaceful life. Um, and so those are just some of the, those are some of the things that I would just really, really invite uh, your listeners to really focus in and say, what is the gospel? Yeah. When they identify those aspects of the gospel um, and then they go about their travels, do you believe that being a witness is part of every aspect of where you go to work, vacation, um, grocery store? What do you think? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you're not a, uh, you're not, you're not a Christian on Sunday morning. And if you're a Christian on Sunday morning, then you're, you're, you're just buying into what you call the spiritual, I guess, the spiritual aspect of Christianity or, oh, well, I went to church today, so I'm, I'm set for the week. Well, that's not what Christianity is about. Because remember, we talked about the political aspect. If Jesus is your King, he's not just your King on Sunday morning in an hour on Sunday morning. He's your king 24-7, 365 days a year. And that means wherever you're at, you still have to show allegiance to him. And that's really what living in piety is about. Personally, I feel like from our culture, I have a sense of fear of sometimes witnessing in my daily life. Um, I think there's a lot of judgment sometimes but yet it's such an important part of walking with God 24-7. How do you make that an aspect of your daily life? Well, you're, it, it is hard. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It is hard. But the, but the thing that gets me going is that question I have in my mind, is Jesus my king? I'm at Walmart. And I'm walking through the aisles and I'm getting stuff for my wife and I'm getting stuff for the, you know, for the house. And I'm thinking, and, and somebody, you know, might say something rude to me or whatever. And the thought that comes to my mind is Jesus is still my King, even in this aisle at Walmart. Hmm. Um, I have to show my allegiance to Christ, even in this moment. Um, And so because of that, you know, if somebody's rude to me or whatever, I just say, okay, you know, so, and so you still have to show them and manifest the love of Christ. And, and this is where I think the, the misconception is 
what is the love of Christ is something that we have to dive into. We can't just say, well, I'm going to love this person. You have to say, okay, Lord, teach me how to love this person. You know, uh, I can disagree with you, but I'm still going to respect you as a human being, as an image bearer. Mm. And so that's part of that, that, that desire of loving somebody in Christ is looking at them through, wow, God made this person. Yeah, he might not be very nice right now, but God still made him. <laughs> And so that's part of that living in, 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 in piety. You have to show allegiance to God in how we live our life. Um, and, and that's one of the, I think that's one of the main aspects of what I would say ethical evangelism. And by doing that, and, I, and I've had this done, I've had people who were extremely rude to me uh, at different locations. And I just... I, I would say a kind word to them. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You're, hey, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you, you know, or I didn't mean to, you know, bump into your wife or, you know, accidentally, or you know, it could be anything. And I'm sorry about that, you know? And so a lot, most of the time, once, once you show that, Hey, you know, I understand, I hear your grievance. I hear you. I understand why you're upset. Um, and you be able to gauge in that you can start, start building that conversation with them. And I've had people even at a theme park, uh, we were at a theme park and again, I accidentally, it wasn't, it was a complete accident. We were in line. It was just clouded and I actually bumped into this guy's wife. I wasn't trying to be mean. I wasn't trying to be rude or it was just an accident. Just the way that the crowd was shifting and the guy got mad at me and I'm like, yeah, dude, listen, I would be upset too. I'm so sorry. And we, we started laughing it off and eventually we were able to start kind of diving into a contact. And I looked at him, I said, let me just say something to you, man. I, I hope that, you know, uh, just let you know that God loves you more than you'll ever imagine. And at first he kind of looked at me cross-eyed like, okay, this guy's crazy. But later on, we met later in, in the different part of the park and he saw me again and he kind of ran up to me and goes, what do you mean God loves me? I've been thinking about that all through this whole thing, all, all, the, all day. And I'm glad I ran into you. And from there, I was able to walk him through the gospel. Now, he didn't accept the gospel right then and there, but that's okay. That's not, you know, our job is to tell the story. But he was definitely intrigued because I don't think he saw someone who treated him like that, who treated him with love and kindness and respect. Um, and it was just kind of, it was just kind of one of those uh, amazing things that happened. And so that's what living out the gospel can look like. It just gives you out a door to be able to tell the gospel, but you have to be able to say the gospel too. Um, there was a, a, an old saying, you know, uh, you know, speak the gospel, but use less words as possible. Well, I think Acts chapter two and the way we look at through speaking the gospel, even through even Stephen's sermon, when we get to, I think Acts chapter six, we, we definitely see you have to be able to verbulate. You have to be able to communicate the gospel with words. Words are very important. Um, and so, yeah, you can love them, but there has to be a transition from an action to the words, if that makes sense. And that's, to me, is part of the ethics aspect of it is, for example, uh, you can go and you can help people all you, all you want. And I'm saying you generally want to help people. Um, compassion always, you know, meet, meets the need. If you have compassion for people, you're always going to find that need. Once you can take care of that need, that basic need, then from there, you'll be able to tell them about their spiritual need. So it's kind of, it kind of builds upon itself. And if you start doing it for a while, it just starts coming natural to you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and it's so crazy how just showing respect to someone that you bumped um, at the carnival could lead to such a great conversation. Um, And you said that you really have to be able to tell the gospel story. Um, And it is so easy to overcomplicate, but what would be some things that you would typically, I guess, point to in your story? Um, First Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, That's when when I'm training evangelism, that's the chapter that I point people to every time. And I was like, listen, just focus on first Corinthians chapter 15. And the, especially, you know, just that, those few verses, uh, first opening verses, I think one through six, I don't have it in front of me. Um, I can pull it up here, but just those few verses right there when Paul is laying out the gospel, that's it. That's all you need to know. And you don't need to complicate things. You don't need to get into any, you know, sacraments. You don't need to get into any of that. I mean, you just need to get in, just lay that out. Uh, and I think you, I think that's the other question or one of the main fears that we see is how do you not over, how do you not over uh, complicate the gospel? And God tells us that he'll give us the words um, and that we don't have to be worried about that. But yet when we're not in that moment, it is very easy to start second guessing is this really from you, God? Like, is this really what you want me to say? Is Should I even breach this conversation? Well, yeah. Um, I think there is, uh, I think any time when we can be able, if we feel convicted or pulled to have a conversation with someone, yeah, definitely. I think you should do it. Uh, there was a, I was, when I was doing some evangelistic training a couple of years ago, I had a, a lady who was on the worship team and uh, she told, uh, she was sharing her story about one of her dear friends. Her friend is a youth pastor, one of the, a big, very, you know, a youth pastor of a church for many years. And he had a really dear friend from high school that, you know, they were, they were all in high school. Uh, of course, they're both married, but, you know, they still have, you know, still friendships. Um, but yet, I mean, here he is, he's a youth pastor. He's been, I mean, you, you know, you have to go through training, you have to go through education, you have to get your degree. I mean, it takes a while for you to, you know, uh, to get there, but he, he, he went and he got his MDiv and he became a youth pastor and all this, uh, all through this process, he never, ever, ever told his friend about the gospel. And the night that he gave up, he finally said, you know, we've been friends for so long. Um, I don't want to, and he was scared because he said, the moment that I enter into the gospel, I'm scared. I'm going to lose that friendship. Hmm. And the night that he was going to, they, he invited them over for dinner and, um, they never made it because uh, they got into a car accident and she perished in that car accident. Mm -hmm. And so all those years of friendship, he never told her the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And the day he was going to do it, she died in the car accident on their way to their house. Um, yeah, that that's rough. And so I can, I take that away and saying, Hey, if you're truly a friend with someone, tell them where you stand in the beginning say, listen, I'm a Christian. I, I love the Lord. And you know, I, I, I'm, I'll tell you about Jesus, you know, but I want to let you know where I stand. If you want to continue this friendship, you don't have to be a Christian. And I have friends who are not Christian and we're, we're friends. Um, but I let them know, I was like, listen, I am a Christian. I'm a Bible believing Christian. And 
Uh, I love the Lord. I believe that Jesus is king uh, of the universe, and I believe that he is ruling this earth. I believe that he died and he saved me from my sins. Um, now, again, that's a paraphrase, but I let them know this is where I stand. And I said, hey, if you want to be friends, I'll be friends with you, you know, but I'm going to, there's times where I'm going to tell you about Christ. I'm going to tell you what Jesus has done in my life. Um, and I said, if you're cool with that, let's be friends. <laughs> let's go hang out. Let's go get coffee. Let's go to a movie. Let's, uh, um, you know, let's do what friends do. And most of the time, they're like, okay, I'm cool with that. Um, and then sometimes like, no, no, I, 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 no, no, you know, and that's okay. That's up to them. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be truly friends with someone, if you truly love them, you're going to tell them where they stand, where you stand, uh, mm-hmm. within, the, within the Lord, because it's so valuable and it's so precious. Um, and that's part of that ethics, because are you going to live a lie for your, to your friends? Mm-hmm. That's so important to plant the seed and you never really know um, if God will bless you with another day to share it with a friend or not. Yeah. Yeah. Are you looking to book your next travel adventure but don't know where to start? Are you looking to recline at the table with Jesus while relaxing at an all-inclusive resort, a cruise through the Bahamas, or simply crashing at a hotel with your ministry group? Look no further than Christian Travelers Network. We're able to save you time by researching and booking your travel dreams while focusing on our 2021 travel theme, Recline at the Table. For more information about our travel devotionals and to book your next adventure, go to christiantravelers.net forward slash travel booking. When it comes to travel, one of the things that I think can be hard to differentiate is when you go, say, internationally and you experience a different culture, there are going to be things that make your culture different than their own. And sometimes that can be kind of hard to navigate um, in terms of being a witness, of being ethical with your evangelism. Do you have any advice or thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. Um, How long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll I'll give you the shortcut. All right. First, uh, first thing, here's something very important and a lot of, especially American Christians. Um, it, now when you talk to American Christians, there's, there's usually American Christians that love missions. They're always doing some type of mission. So they're out, they're always traveling internationally. Um, and they're, when they travel, they're doing mission trips mm-hmm. and they are, uh, man, they, they understand the culture because they've been in the culture multiple times. They, they understand what's kind of going on in the culture uh, because, you know, they have a passion for it. They try to go once a year or something like that. And as you're doing that, because you have connections on the ground, you're able to learn and grow in that culture. And then you have the other side of Americans uh, that how you say when they travel, let's say uh, now I'm a little bit, you know, when they travel, let's say, Hey, we're going to go to, let's go to Paris, France. Right. Well, if we're going to go to France, we're going to go straight to Paris. I mean, we're going to go see the Louvre. We're going to go see the uh, the Eiffel Tower. Uh, we're going to we're going to go down. You know, we're going to have coffee down the street. We're going to do all the things that are all tourists should do. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, if you really want to, I always say, if you really want to experience the culture of a country, get outside the city, especially where the city is Americanized. 
Mm-hmm. Get out in the city, get out of the city, go out in the country, interact with the, interact with the people that are actually in the country, because they're going to teach you more about their culture than anything else. Um, and so when you do that, you're learning the culture and be open to learn the culture because it's their culture, not yours. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about that American, that second American tourist is that we have a, we have almost a, a class judgment on what Christian culture should be like. This gets us into some major problems. Um, because first of all, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this and it's going to blow I probably some people's minds away. Christianity is not a cultural religion. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Uh, in, Christian, in, in Christian circles throughout the world, even through the text, uh, we don't have a way to dress. Now, of course, we want to dress modestly. You know, we want to dress in a way that, you know, um, doesn't, ain't going to be, ain't going to make somebody sin. I mean, obviously. Uh, but, you know, there's not a necessarily a way to dress. And I know, I know that probably your listeners are going to start bringing up, you know, <laughs> about the hats and stuff like that. But there's not a real strong emphasis on dress. I mean, of course, we want to dress modest and we want to dress uh, 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 godlike where we're not being, um, how you say, again, we're not making someone sin. Mm-hmm. But there's not a certain way of dressing. Um, the other thing is language. Christianity is a religion that doesn't base itself on one language. Um, and here's the reason why I know this. We have Bible translators. We have Bible translators all around the world and they're translating the word of God into their native, into people's native tongues. So, uh, I met, <laughs> I, I met one missionary many years back. Um, it, it was an odd conversation because he comes from a generation that believed, oh, well, the, the, the King James Bible is the Bible. It is the word of God. <laughs> and he literally went on a mission field, a mission trip, uh, a short term, and his whole job was to teach this culture how to read the King James Bible. Mm-hmm. I told you it was a weird conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, okay, how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have translation with it, and so that is th- those are the key uh, elements of a culture. The other thing, of course, is food. Well, Paul kind of destroyed the food idea. We, I'm not going to get into the theological context of that. But he kind of threw he kind of threw away the food, you know. It's like okay, well, you know, you can eat all kinds of different foods. So these are different aspects of what makes creates a culture. Now, uh, I have many friends that are pastors in India and pastors in Africa, and now they do things different than what some of the pastors in the United States are going to do. But are there are they wrong for doing it? Are they following scripture? Absolutely. Uh, will a pastor in the United States do it? Probably not, <laughs> because they it's, it's the way their culture is. Uh, and because of the way their culture, they have different traditions. And traditions are not necessarily, um, there's a difference between traditions and I think sacraments. It, you, you know the difference between those two. And so, you know, there's there's different ways of doing certain things. But so when you go into these cultures and when you go across the sea, you have to understand one is that, Again, my allegiance is to Christ. 
through the scriptures. And if I understand these things right here, others understand these points that Christianity is not just, it's not necessarily cultural. There's it's, it's universal. And so if I understand that, then I can go abroad and I can meet Christians. Now they might do things again, they might do things a little bit radical, a little bit different, but that's okay. It's, it's just the way they do it. Is it, is it unethical? No. But well, what would be unethical, and this is where it happens in missionaries, and you've probably read some of this, where the missionaries will go, like my friend with the King James Bible, they will go and they will try to Americanize the culture. And by telling that this is the way that Christians are supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. By Americanize. That's the other aspect of ethic evangelism. Uh, and that is a major, major no-no. I hope that helps. It it definitely does. I really like how you outline that that Christianity isn't a culture and that God has made cultures and communities all unique and different, but they're still able to carry out the key aspects of the gospel in their own culture in a way that may look different than us, but also be able to better relate with their communities um, and still be uh, following the one true king. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And and that's it. And um there's a wonderful guy I would recommend if you if you want to learn more about this. Uh, uh his name is Timothy Tennant. Uh Timothy Tennant is the president of uh Ashford. I think it's Ashford. Ashford Theological Seminary in in Kentucky. He's uh, he wrote many articles about this. Uh he's the guy that has just revolutionary what we call world Christianity and how to be able to interpret that. So a lot of the these ideas uh, really came from him because he he revolutionary the eye on that and so uh, I would recommend have your listeners if they're more interested in that check out Timothy Tennant uh, wonderful wonderful author by the way awesome and I will put links to that in the description below but Justin is there anything else that you want to address relating to ethical evangelism and travel uh well the the thing I would say that is if you go and you travel somewhere and even if you're doing a tourism, if you're just going just to be, you know, just to see the sites, and that's okay. Uh, we all need times. You're going to run into people, and you got to have to understand that you're there, no matter where you're at. You're there to represent Christ, even though you're on vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, still live for Christ. Don't take a vacation from uh, from Christ. Uh, and again, if you do that, then you're kind of getting on that spiritual thing again, where you're just there for Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be every day. And when you're meeting with someone, again, if they disagree with you, and again, you're going to have people that disagree. There's That's okay. But no matter what, show them the love of Christ. Uh, show them show them Christ through your love and how you treat them. Um, and you can have a conversation about ideas. But if you do it to the point where you're no longer being compassionate about it, you know, remove yourself um, and learn, learn, let them, let them teach you. That would be the other aspect. Let, let that culture teach you something. Um, I learn more in my travels than I do sometimes in my classroom. Mm. And so be teachable, learn because you know what, maybe they have something that you probably need to learn 
and maybe you're on vacation, but God still wants to teach you something through another through another believer that from a different culture. And those are value. Those are just those are those are golden nuggets right there. And enjoy it. Well, Justin, we have really enjoyed having you on the podcast. One of the questions I always ask our guests is, "What has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels?" Ooh, <laughs> ooh, uh, yeah. that's that's gonna be a fun one. <laughs> the biggest God moment was for me, and and it, <laughs> I know this is gonna sound pretty pretty interesting. Uh, several years ago, I went with a group of students. We went to Israel, and uh, it was just one of the funnest trips of my life. Mm. And, of course, we saw all the sights. We saw everything. But the it was the conversation I had with a rabbi at the Western Wall. And so, again, I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm different than most people, but for me – it's about the people. It's not necessarily about the rocks or about certain things. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it was a credible blessing to be there on the Western wall and to be able to interact and to be able to see the things, especially walk where Jesus has walked. But those are cool and those are amazing. And, and I will always treasure them in my heart and I can't wait to go back. And, and I mean, I would love to go back to Israel. Uh, hopefully we can get, get this COVID thing out of the way. We can open up travel again and I can go back and uh, do some things. But it was just having a conversation with this rabbi. Now he had really bad broken English, but through the way he talked, he showed a, a, a love that was absolutely beyond me. It, it, it struck me. I, I, I've only met three or four different individuals with this type of love in their eyes. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're, you're talking about like the, that, that, that Mr. Miyagi type love, that, that type of love where it's just like, you know, I, I'm just going to just love you no matter where you're at, you know, that type of love, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and here he's a rabbi, you know, so he's not, he's not Christian. Like he doesn't, he doesn't understand anything that what, what Jesus has taught us about love, but he had this genuine love and just talking with him. And just having a, a, a fun conversation with him. And he was just that just transformed my life. Um, mm-hmm. Because it wasn't necessarily the conversation we were having. It was the way we were having the conversation. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so it just, it, it blew me away. And, you know, I, I walked away because we had to get going, uh, the group. And, you know, I thanked them. And he thanked me, and he, of course, he said, "Anytime you change your mind, you want to become Jewish, come find me." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, "Well, you know," um, I said, "You know," I thanked him, but you know, I thought about that conversation over and over again, and it was just one of the most incredible, fun conversations that I've had in my life, Um, and it was fun. And it was enjoyable. And, you know, it was just something that I'm definitely going to 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 remember. Uh, I mean, I got so many like that. Um, but so to me, it's not necessarily the rocks or seeing all the museums and things like that. It's the people that I interact with. Those are the impressions that are on my heart the most. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can, there's just so many. And I, and I talk about a lot of my podcast. And so 
but that's probably one of the one of the probably the things that just kind of pop in my mind at this particular moment. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just interacting with people. Um, that that's where the, for me it's just where it's at. It's fun. Yes. And it's awesome how God can bring those fun interactions into our travels for sure. Oh yeah. And you want those, you want those because it's, it's always the people that you interact with or the memories that you bring back with. I mean, so in my travels, it's like, Hey, you know, you know what? I saw this. Oh, that's cool. But you know what really happened is when this person and this person and this happened and that happened, you know, and it just like, wow, you know, it, 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 it pops, you know, it, it, it pops. Um, that's just for me, at least. I, I don't know. Uh, I guess in your travels, is, is the people been the most memorable things for you or has it been always been the sights? Oh, it's a little bit of both, but I definitely have always been the person that like the homestays are some of the most memorable things or um, sometimes I've been on tours and they've actually brought like some locals on mm-hmm. um, that were our age to just talk with us about their experiences. And those have been super memorable. One time um, I even got to go to a school in China and we just played uh, some game it was kind of like musical chairs. You passed an object around and when the music stopped, then you had to do a talent. And these were like super um, smart kids that were going, staying through the summer to continue their education just because um, they didn't want to fall behind and um, they wanted the best classes in the colleges and all of those things. And I messed up the ABCs while singing in front of them for my talent. Wow. <laughs> but, um, it it was still really memorable and it was it caused laughter and it caused some really cool conversations too. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's the people. It's 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 the people. There's something about interacting with people. It's something about that um that makes all of this memorable. And yeah. and so th- that's just my humble opinion, you know. But yeah, I mean that's what makes things fun. You know, that's, that's what should excite a, a Christian when they're going overseas, uh, especially on a mission trip, or if you're just want to travel, I mean, you want to be a part of the culture, you want to engulf in the culture, um, and, and let bring back part of that culture with you, bring back and let it, let it, um, uh, let it filter to you because you know what? We need more of that. Uh, I learned more in, in Israel, like I said, I, in, in, I mean, just in my travels than I have in a lot of my classrooms because it's just the people, the people have taught me amazing things. Um, and just learning. I mean, I, I didn't know the history of tea and coffee. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and when I was in the middle East, they're like, Oh, I'll tell you the history of this. Now, of course you go to China, they're going to tell you the same thing, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it, it still makes it fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you always have to show no matter what your allegiance to Christ, you know, and, 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 and do that. I had a, I'll, I'll tell you this when we had a, 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 I told you about my kid, my KJJ friend who went and did this. And so I had another friend who was on a mission trip and he, he went there and he, I guess he did something you probably shouldn't have done. And he, you know, he had the vis- villagers, you know, after him, poor guy, um, you know, so you have to, you always have to set the example. You can't, like I said, you can't just take off Christ uh, the Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, not take him off. And so I, I would just encourage your listeners to live that life uh, and live that because uh, 
even if you're touring, because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to meet. And I, I, it's a small world. It's a very small world these days. Um, and I was up in Canada and I, a guy ran up to me, thought he actually knew me and I was with my coworkers and they're like, Hey, I know you. And I'm like, how is this happening? You're in Canada. I'm from, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's a small world. It really yeah. is a small world. And, um, and it, that's what makes it amazing. And through the connections that we have great questions, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. And in, in, in relation to all of that, I think God really has designed us to be in relationships. So um, it is no wonder that some of the relationships we have in our travels tend to be um, some of the most memorable moments. Definitely. And get their information and, and continue to build their relationship and be the, with, and be, the, be, you know, interact with them um, through, through social media, through email, if you can do calling or, or whatever, continue to build that relationship with those people. Uh, because you never know, you never know what God has in store with it. Yes. Well, Justin, we really enjoyed having you on the podcast. How can our listeners connect with you outside of this episode? Well, sure. Uh, you can go to my website at justinjames.org, uh, justinjames.org. And on there, all my information's on there. Uh, I have my podcast on there. You can go to Justin James show, uh, on there. Now I haven't done a podcast. I will confess. I haven't done a podcast in a while because, uh, I have a policy and as, as somebody who's trying to finish up school and, and, and advance in that, uh, I always, a policy is papers before podcast because I love broadcasting. I love podcasting. I love talking as you can tell. Um, and but if I do that, I'm going to sacrifice my papers. And uh, I believe that the Lord has called me to school and therefore I need to do well in school. Uh, and so I, and of course my professors, they, they love me very much. So they challenge me with really hard papers. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't, and as I said in one episode, uh, when I was kind of laying it out, I don't want one of my professors listening to my podcast and say, if you had time to do your podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you had time to work on that paper and yeah. so uh but on there i am uh working on uh hopefully i have to do a show here soon i've been uh just mainly i've been doing a lot of different interviews uh but yeah you can go to justinjames.org and um from there you can find pretty much anything you want about me contact me uh if you have any more questions about ethnic evangelism or you know anything um you know it could be hey what's your favorite food i mean whatever uh i i I'm okay with that. Uh, you can just eat. It's my email address is very simple. It's me, M E at justinjames.org. Uh, very original email. Um, <laughs> but uh, on there and they can contact me on there if they have any questions uh, and I'm open. You send me, you, you ask me a question. I'm going to get to you pretty quick. I'm going to try to. Wonderful. Well, um, I will make sure to put all of those links in the description below so that you can connect with Justin and we have really enjoyed having you on the episode. Well, definitely. You're going to have to come on my podcast and have some fun uh, on there. And I love to introduce you to my listeners as well. Wonderful. Well, Christian travelers, I hope that you have enjoyed uh, today's episode and that you'll take some of this into consideration in your travels and how our Christianity isn't just a Sunday thing. It is an ethic that goes into all aspects of our lives and our conversations with our friends. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. And check out episode 18 where we talk about being slow to judge and how we can be respectful of other cultures there as well. And if you're looking to book any of your upcoming trips, we have opportunities to work as your travel agency. So consider heading to christiantravelers.net for any of those resources. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode today. Safe travels and God bless.